Action Park Media. All right, welcome to uh, Ramble On Podcast, the official podcast of this extremely unofficial television show. I'm Doug Allen. I've got Kevin Connolly sitting in the wings because I was going to do this by myself, but um, that's not easy. And it's just, you know, why, why I started this podcast was so I could rant and ramble on in case anyone was interested in what I have to say, but uh, it's evolved. So any real quick updates on Ramble On Show, there literally are no updates. The Writers Guild strike is happening right now. LA is completely shut down. $30 million a day uh, is being lost. And I hope there's a quick resolve to it. But as far as the show goes, even if someone did want to talk to us about it, they literally cannot even contact us to talk about it. That being said, I don't know if anyone's looking for us. The only thing I do know is we have a half-hour show that's as good as any pilot that's been on the air in the last couple of years. And my favorite pilots, you know, have been um, The Bear and Dave and some other things. I'll stack this one up against it, and I know what we have coming forward. But we got to get there. So hopefully we do. Uh, I want to say, as I've said before, I'm very fortunate that uh, I don't need the show to go to provide for myself or my family. But 100 people really work their ass off on this show. I'd like to see them all be employed. And I would love to do it because it was just a joy doing it with this group, and I'd like to keep doing it. But anyway, Connolly, I wanted to do this podcast, you know, because last night, you know, I hadn't taken an edible in like three months. I took an edible last night. Yeah. Right. Well, also, you know, this is, I'm, I'm actually am the right person for this because <laughs> I kind of know what happened, but I don't really know what happened. And like, I've been planning, trying to kind of play catch up. So did this happen last night? Yeah, last night. And honestly, not even a big deal. Like, you know, there's there's a lot of articles. We know the the typical schmucks who write our girls like Doug Allen flips out. Doug Allen does that. I didn't flip out. Mouth okay? down. Yeah. I was sitting, you know, with my baby doing nothing, watching the uh the Lakers game and you know, I get these HBO entourage Google alerts, which I don't even know why I still get them anymore because usually nothing positive comes out of it. But all I really saw was the headline from this McSweeney site that I guess is a, um, you know, is is a satire page, and and McSweeney, who I guess is is somehow Irish based. I thought I was talking to someone named McSweeney. You know me. I just fired off a tweet. You know, uh, called him a second. So wait a second. So it was it was, uh, is it like the Onion, but like an energy, like like a, a form of the Onion? So is that the guy that wrote the article? Is he really a fan of the show? I don't want to ever assume anyone's a fan because. It definitely was a satirical article, and and you know one of the hack papers said I'm so dumb that I couldn't even follow that it was satire. <laughs> By the way, last night I could have followed it if I actually read it. I was just kind of that sucked out of it, but I didn't really read it. I just saw a couple of things that, again, there was no flipping out. <laughs> like if you were sitting next to me, you would have been like, God, this guy's like looks like a loose cannon. But I am sensitive to the uh, when I see the words homophobic, racist, any of that shit, it does bother me because I know exactly what we did. And by the way, we talked about on Victory the other day, we have some shithead who was calling us, you know, or calling me, you know, a, a virtue signaler. I'm not a virtue signaler, and I clearly will say what's on my mind, how I feel. Yeah, it's but, I'm a, but I'm not a racist, I'm not homophobic, and I don't really enjoy the world that we live in right now where you get to say that all the time and you walk away with no scars. Anyway, I tweeted at... McSweeney, who I guess isn't even a person, because the person who actually wrote it is a guy who seems like a oh oh, it's a page, it's like a page. Yeah, it's like called McSweeney wow. and at wow. Max. <laughs> yeah, I got 
I got to look up his name because I did now read the article in full, which it's very clearly, you know, it's written as if an HBO executive wrote it to apologize for the show, which I didn't see either. Um, but it, there's some funny lines in it. But the real sadness of it to me is it reads like a lot of very realistic articles that have come out over the years that call us problematic and call us this and that. Um, so, you know, I guess a couple of the takeaways, again, I, I, I don't care at all that I tweet this. I'm not even remotely embarrassed. I didn't say anything that was that horrifying. And when I did read it, it does kind of sound like a like an Ari line from the show. So, what did you say? You called him a, you called him a talentless hack? I called him a revisionist hack, I think, you know, because uh, it, it does really bother me, um, all of the stuff that tries to revise history and get people to talk as if, and someone just tweeted to me like, you know, and again, this is not apologizing for the show, but it's 2023. Would we do the episode with the tranny mayor? And I, I guess you don't even say that word anymore. Of course we would. It's just, it's a different world and it's a different thing. And we would find new things to write that were on the edge of society today, but how people were talking. But it's just not words that normal people would use anymore. Um, they just don't. The culture has shifted and evolved and you know, I talked about this before on the podcast, but HBO did a great documentary about Asian uh, actors in, in you know, movies over the last 75 years. And nobody would write that stuff anymore because it is ignorant and offensive. But when these things were coming out 50 years ago, the culture just didn't understand. We were very, you know, separated from different cultures and people really, you know, who were intelligent people weren't yet enlightened enough to be smart enough to go, wow, this is offending an entire group of people. And they didn't have that feedback. So again, no apologies for a single word that was on entourage, but you know, it, it is what it is. But Doug, but if I knew you, you never read the article. You saw the headline, you assumed it was real and you fired up. Yes. Or no. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, and then you read it and you were like, it's obviously satirical. But look, I, I'm like I said, I'm just now putting the full piece into the puzzle together. But even what I've seen, I, I think most people kind of got it. I mean, it's not like that's the first time that's happened, right? I mean, like, no, I, 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 I mean, Kevin, you're supposed to trick people. I mean, it's almost clickbaity, right? Well, you know what? I, I, it's so obviously satirical, but at the same, what is funny? Now that you know, would you say it was pretty funny? The article yeah. was some good for what they announced it, right? Like. Like the entourage, once I realized like an HBO executive was allegedly writing this and saying things like, instead of saying hug it out, bitch, Ari would say to E, like something like, let's really embrace our, our <laughs> male function or something like that. We gotta, we, I gotta read this article. We gotta point. And he apparently, he apparently wrote another one, uh, you know, about uh, Top Gun and, and had a, a had a rewrite that for the days or whatever, the new Top Gun. So yeah, he's going to be hugging out bench. It's we should embrace each other in the most loving yeah. manner. <laughs> you know, or like, you know, I'm something like, uh, you know, I can actually, I should find it a read. I should have had it ready, but you know, uh, some, you know, embrace each other without toxic manhood or something like that. But right. at the same time, you know, look, there were a couple of things that, you know, are those stupid things that people say about the show. Um, and when I say people, I need to be crystal clear about this. I'm well aware of what's going on in, in culture. And that's why what I wrote, even though it was to the wrong person, is something I've written to other people. It wasn't like I wrote some original crazy thing. By the way, also, don't get it twisted. He loves it, bro. Or they, or whoever that wrote that article, it's a big win for them, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, they're loving it. 
They're loving it. Yeah. You know, and, and obviously you always, you know, you write something, you always want to get attention from it. But, you know, like that that hack from the New York Times who wrote the HBO book that nobody bought and nobody ever will, but John Cole, who wrote this whole article about why did it take so long for HBO to basically become enlightened and getting getting rid of bro shows. And that's a guy who just, you know, he needs a, a slap in the face because he's a revisionist fucking idiot because... The show was extremely successful for HBO. It was extremely well-received by both female critics, by liberal President Obama, by the BAFTAs, by the Peabody's. So when they write that, though, you know, why do I take offense to it? Because I have two, like, three kids that I would like to grow up and appreciate, you know, the things that I did do. And, you know, you just don't want to see people again. You want to write something's not funny. There's, there's no arguing with that. I don't think it's funny. I don't think Kevin Connolly is a good actor. Can't argue with that. But when you start writing stuff that's like, oh, it was, you know, geared to this or it was geared to that, it, it wasn't. It was a perennial Emmy-nominated, Golden Globe-nominated, very critically acclaimed, and very successful show for the network and, uh, you know, with a lot of copycats that came after it. So we just want to do. And then, you know, the other thing is obviously, look, I got a lot of time on it. So I'm not going to lie, writer's strike or not, you know, I enjoy tweeting. I enjoy the verbal sparrings. I enjoy the hacks on the review sites that I get to talk to. Like you, I think you play it into it a little bit of a bit, but I, I don't think you really think I'm like sitting around you with like blood pressure raising to the point that I'm unhealthy because of these comments. I enjoy it. I get the tweet and then a bunch of people tweet shit at me and, uh, you know, it's it's pretty funny. So uh, I, that, 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 that was that. But you know, yeah, that, that, you're pretty, you're pretty fiery on Twitter. I, I, you know, I didn't think it would. I've seen you write. You know, I, I wouldn't have even blamed that that tweet. Yeah, honestly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't that bad at all. But anyway, to, it's that you fell for the satirical article and took it personal and it kind of ripped, ripped off. I definitely, again, not to. I, I don't care. Call me stupid or high. Either way, I didn't fall for anything. I didn't really read it. You know, I just saw a couple of the headlines and then I sent it. And within five minutes, like I was getting back, I think it's satire. Then the writer actually tweeted back to me, which was very funny. I always wanted to be yelled at by Ari Gold. Now I felt like I did. And I tweeted back at him uh, whenever I tweeted, you know. Where does he live? Where are they from? I think they're San Francisco. Let's get him on a card. We, we should. I don't, I, don't I don't even know if there's a McSweeney or I, I should have done a little more research today with all my free time, but I've been running around with a six month old trying to keep her happy and healthy. But, um, you know, it's uh, it's more, though, Kevin, what we talk about a little bit on the podcast without getting serious. I just think, you know, um, we all have to try to in every way for the world to get better, for art to get better. Everybody has to try to move forward, you know, and everybody has to try to look. At, at the positives that we can make for tomorrow instead of constantly criticizing the past. Um, and then with regards to art, watch it, don't watch it, do whatever the fuck you want. It's really that simple. You can turn it off if you don't like it. But, you know, for me to have to defend words that were written on Entourage 10, 15 years ago when Succession does a thousand times worse or when they never talk about a show like The Sopranos where people get murdered, you never really hear about Stuff like that where they go, God, why why in 1997 uh, was it okay to murder people? It's still very much okay to be very violent and stuff, but somehow words are usually the, the, the worst part of things. So I find it annoying. So that was that, you know? 
I mean, uh, you know, now I got to go back. Now I got to go back and dig in. This will be my homework for this evening. I'm excited to dig into and read the article in the comments. And yeah, bro, we should try to get the guy on the pod. Yeah, it would be funny to get him. I mean, he's he's a funny writer, but you know, it's also the thing you do have to be careful. And again, I didn't say anything that I'm even remotely comfortable. Did it? But did I expect to wake up this morning where the Hollywood Reporter said I'd freaked out? Oh, is there one? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. People picked it up. Oh, there's like ten articles. Yeah, they all kind of. They'll make fun of me a little bit, which is fine. Um, you know, right, but listen, uh, let's call it what it is, too, dog. And no offense to you, but it's clearly like a slow news day, right? Yeah. There's the strike is on. There's not a ton of entertainment news, yeah. so why not pick that up? I guess, right? I mean, that's kind of what happened, right? Yeah, I mean, listen, it's a it's a funny thing to pick up, and you do have to write it with some angle to it, not just you know they could have just rolled on a stone junkie, you, you know. Right. <laughs> but you know, it, it's. It's when they're right. I don't get the joke. Uh, you know, I, I got the joke. I just I'm a lazy guy and I didn't really read it. Like all the scripts, people tweet to me and say, hey, would you read my script? I got a great script. No, I'm not reading a script. I'm barely reading through this article. But I did finally read through this morning. It is somewhat funny. At the same time, it does play into a lot of the stuff that society is right now where it could read like a real article that's how tug fucked up Doug, we are in you know you know what when we, we talked about it we you know we we talked about it on the podcast but when, when my car got towed right yeah and it was on tmg or whatever it's like yeah it could look it could look like it wasn't it wasn't about that i was my car got towed was i yeah. supposed to be in there cracking jokes yeah, yeah. I, was, I was annoyed they towed my car and it was my next door neighbor that i was thought i was friends with all he had to do was knock on the door and say, move the car. It wasn't melting down. They told yeah. my car. I wanted to know where it was. It's just, it's just funny because, of course, you know, I guess if you don't know, but I don't well, know. The that, thing is, I, I flew right over it because I don't, I mean, I've seen you tweet things. I, I just, it's crazy. I, I, I'm excited to dig into this. Well, well, the thing is with, you know, what you need to obviously understand with the entertainment press, of course, a lot of them are, you know, screenwriters or, or wannabe screenwriters or whatever. So obviously they're going to find an angle that gives it the most exciting thing. I mean, do you remember when my guess is that um, my guess is that everybody had a pretty good laugh and the laugh is Doug took a, a satirical article seriously and fired on the guy. I mean, it is, it is pretty funny if that's the push hour. Hey, I'm writing this article. Oh, law. It's like, great. Write it, post it, you know? Yeah. So who was yeah. it? Was it, was it the Hollywood reporter that like, Oh, it's everywhere it, now. Oh, it is. I mean, that, the, yeah, and, and did you wake week. up to this? Did you wake up? To this? No, no, I, I, I saw it last night, and and the right. But when did you realize that it was a thing? When did you realize? Oh, less less than ten minutes after I tweeted, you know, a bunch oh. of people started saying it was satire, and then the writer said it to me, and I was like, whoops! And again, <laughs> no point in deleting, no point in deleting the tweet after that, right? Because then they would have, because then I would have said, in a since deleted a tweet, <laughs> I would not have. I would not have deleted it anyway because there's nothing in there that I'm embarrassed about. You know, like I think it's I think it's a funny exchange. I think it would be a great story on the show. It does seem like something Ari would do. You know, <laughs> and um, you know, we're drawing hold on Twitter. That'd be a yeah, well, I mean, we did have drama go to the Hollywood Reporter to threaten like to kill Paul Snyder, who's my friend from elementary school. You know, because of a bad review or something. So it's not like these aren't things that I that I visualize. Um, but I would not delete anything. But you know, look, I've i there are have been things that got I have got mad about. I don't know if you remember that when uh, you know, 
my ex-girlfriend posted like a thing like you know like she's with a, a bunch of guys that said she's free or something and again all of good fun like we we were we were good but i said you know, you need to return the car before you're free and the next day i know the new york post writes an article how i'm shaming her about taking back a car that was a gift it wasn't my car it was gm lent a car to our home and what'd you do? You put you you commented on the Instagram story. Well, that wasn't even. Uh, yeah, I commented on the Instagram. She put it through. She's like, "Oh, I'm free, free. You're like, you're not that free. Return the car, yeah. jump it around, and they picked it up and said you were car shaming you." And by the way, this was before. <laughs> and again, I'm not trying to say I have some large following or something. This was before I ever even imagined that someone in the press would be looking at my Instagram. This is probably ten years ago. Before you went viral. Yeah, but then I, w I wake up and well, I never went viral, but you know, but then I wake up and there's like a nasty article how I'm I'm shaming her about you know and trying to use my position of power and I was like I didn't use any position of power. It's similar, by the way, to what the New York Times did, and and again I call it out because they like to claim that they're real journalists and everything is real, but if you remember at the Sundance episode, I was going to say, what did you do? What what happened with the New York Times? We, we shot a scene where Adrian Vince comes out of a gifting suite at Sundance with a bag of gifts, which was an empty bag of props. And the New York Times posted it as gifting suites. Adrian Grenier gets the gifting suite. And my point is it just shows, like I was lazy last night before I tweeted this, it shows how lazy the journalists are. So you know what happened with me with the New York Post? Years later, I start dating now my fiance and my the mother of my child, and you know they write dreadful boyfriend Doug Ellen, and they rehash that story about me shaming someone about a car, which was it's completely not true. So you know, uh, you know it's what I love about society today, and a lot of people have this big argument about Elon Musk and allowing people to tweet what they want on Twitter, but you can respond. We're on Instagram. I've been, you know, I've been fucking neutered i thought oh yeah you can't oh you can't and not only that you, you thank god you can't respond to the apple reviewers oh you're defenseless I love it. oh i would love it but you know because i do like to respond as myself to anyone on twitter who writes not nasty stuff and usually i don't really care it's a little bit of good fun um sometimes obviously you get sensitive about something that someone says but um you cannot instagram anymore and they write shit to me and if I respond with anything, it's like, I get that warning. Because oh, you got flagged, right? Because you got high on for a second. Yeah, I was flagged. Like, you know, we know that 50 Cent threatened to kill, you know, Randall Emmett on Instagram. Literally threatened to kill him. And they never, as far as I know, they never suspended him. But I uh, threatened to beat Scott Venner, our brilliant music supervisor. Oh, that's right. Ball with an iPhone, and I got a 30-day suspension out of it. So... You know, it's you. You walk the line, but what I was saying is why. I, why I think things are so great now um, is because you do have a chance to respond to nasty articles, and you know I'm not famous enough that it really matters. So it's only in my little fucking world that it does. But when you're Kevin Durant and you get criticized, or you're an actor who gets criticized, you can speak up and have as big an audience as the writers. And in my little world, I had a much bigger audience than I think. You know. Uh, that writer had but you know now people are, are gonna maybe talk oh you need to get yourself a good burner account bro <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I like i said i mean i i don't regret uh i don't regret the incident even happening i actually thought it was pretty funny i never imagined i'd wake up this morning and it would be picked up by the press never and again i take no offense if they call me goofy or stupid or that i didn't get the joke because i'm not you know 
and liked enough to get it. I, I don't. Well, you're a lot of you're a lot of things, bro. You're not stupid. Yeah, <laughs> and, I, and I and I wasn't even really angry when I tweeted. I was actually pretty mellow, and I was just like bah, 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 bah. because it's kind of my classic, it's kind of my classic uh, comment to television critics. I I say the same thing. Like I was saying that to Richard Roper. There was like two weeks that I kept tweeting at Richard Roper. Remember that? Um, Richard Roper was a critic that we put on Entourage, and then he trashed the movie, and I I just think he's a fucking loser. But um, you know, that, that, that's it. And and. What I will say again is, you know, why, you know, when we were at the Golden Globes and we lost that year or the Emmys and Larry David lost the same year and I walked out, Larry David walked out at the same time and, and I see Larry and I'm like, what are you upset about? And he's like, what do you mean? What are you upset about? We lost. I said, Larry, I swear to God, I could give a shit. I just want to stay on the air. I want to stay employed and I want to make sure I can feed my family and if I had a billion dollars in Seinfeld uh, syndication money, I could give a flight fuck if every critic on the planet had hated my gut. But, you know, right now, while we have a show that we're trying to sell, um, you know, I would just like, and it doesn't matter. I know in reality, it's not going to affect anything either way. Not, not a bunch of positive tweets are going to make it sell and not a bunch of negative tweets are going to make it not sell. But, you know, right now I've just, I would like to get this show going in whatever manner that we can get it going. And the frustration level of kind of being at the mercy of other people, which is what I say about the critics. We were at the mercy of those critics for a long time and not this this guy at Max that I tweeted out last night because he wasn't being a critic, even if he is one. But we were at the mercy for so long and now we can slightly respond. But what we can't yet respond to is we can't get this show out without one of the major platforms unless we release it ourselves which i you know it's i didn't put up the money ted did so that's all on him if he wants to do that at any point but i'm i swear to you i would put this thing on the internet tomorrow the pilot and say this is what we got you want to pay ten dollars each to, to see episode two and we'd see where it goes and that's what i would just love to do at this point so i don't know what you think about that but i don't know I don't know. I think, um, I think, you know, one of the, uh, the realities too, that for me kind of set in this week, you know, obviously, you know, I'm also not stupid. We are on strike, but this is the first week where really, really, really feels like it. Right. Like yeah. it's just, just nothing. Like it's just nothing happening. In fact, I feel like people are starting to scramble actors yeah. and, you know, people are, Scrambling because four months is a long time to go without a paycheck, and people are uh, out there. So, and by the way, LA content going to be some unique content um, uh, plays happening over the next few months. And LA is losing thirty million dollars a day because of the strike. So some people just think, "Oh, who cares about these writers?" But it no, bro, it's crippling. It's crippling for the industry. And coming out of COVID, I mean, it's I, it's been that way for everybody. But you know, obviously. It, Many industries suffered uh, due to COVID, but you know, for this to happen on top of COVID, and and, it, and it's becoming just painfully obvious that this thing is going to go the distance. And by that, I mean like, I think this thing's going to go probably three months, four months, you know, and then it's got to ramp up. So you know, par for the course at this point with what's been going on. And uh, and you just never know what's going to happen. Meanwhile, you see my shirt, Murphy Live Group. Yep. So this this T-shirt. Next level T-shirt, by the way. That's the company. This thing is held up. It's like 15 years old. But 
what's your, you know, Kevin, just get, like, what's your feeling as an actor, you know, with this pilot that is unowned, unencumbered that we got, what, how, what do you think? Do you, are you thinking about it on any kind of weekly, daily? I think I, I think I um, was always uh, on the side of this isn't as, as easy as it might seem because we took the entrepreneurial route so early on by having it self-funded. And well, that's great because we were able to do what we want. I think that at a certain point makes it more complicated in, in, in a sale. It's just a different thing. You're not going in with a pitch. You're going in with, hey, here's the show. Here's the cast. Here's the script. Here's season one. So, you know, I always knew that that was going to be slightly tricky. I do believe in a world where everything was sort of normal and running. I, I believe that when when it, we're going to end up somewhere. Um, but I mean, like with regards to the timing of the strike, I mean, you can't even make this up. It's crazy. Oh, I'm exhausted. I don't even know what. This is a long, it's a long week. Um, and yeah, man, it's been, it's been crazy. So why, what's going on over there? What's yeah, just a lot. There's just, we're trying, like I said, we talked a little bit about it on victory, but you know, we brought, brought on a, you know, a CEO to really run the company and in order to really turn the company around, there's like all kinds of, all kinds of loose ends that need to be kind of buttoned up and, you know, turned up. So like my brain is just basically tired from, um, listening to really smart people talk about things that I'm learning on the fly. You know, I spoke to the CEO yesterday. I kind of felt like um, I kind of felt like I was being interviewed to see whether I could keep my position. You know, right. I, I I felt like you know he was checking in to see if I what value I bring to the company. But I'm not going to ask how the company though. <laughs> yeah, you are. Well, that's well, and that's by the way, that's one of the other things that I'm trying to figure out. You know, I want to start you know cutting people in. Not that there's anybody to cut in, cut anything in on yet, but. There will be, and we're going to do a, a real capital raise, and we're going to do the, you know, the cap table and and shares, and then and then we're all going to rally around and and kick out some content, and then you know r- you know ramble on will just be like the icing on the cake. If ramble on happens, forget it. We're off to the races, and uh, we'll all. We got we'll Archie raise a hundred mil, and we shoot and release ten episodes of Ramble on. We sell them for. I don't know what we could sell an episode for. I think our fans would pay 20 bucks. And especially, I know, after they see the first one, they'll be ready for the second one. And and what is your thought? I think we got to give it a little more time, though. We got to give it a little more time before we start thinking about that kind of stuff. Because I really do believe that when people see it, they like it. And it's just got to be the right the right timing. In fact, I had a a couple of producer friends of mine be like, hey, take it easy over there. Like, with regards to Ramble On, like, you know, timing is everything, and now is not a great time. Obviously, not now, but even leading yeah. up to the strike, there was a. It was. It's been a little bit of a shit show. So you don't think put the trailer out there even? Uh, I'm a little bit torn on the trailer. I would. I would hate for that somehow to come back to hurt you or us yeah. in, in the event of a sale. And then my other thought is, fuck man, it's a trailer, right? We're not really giving anything away. It's a good trailer. Like I don't know. Do you know like what the consensus from people smarter than uh, we are with regards to whether that could potentially hurt us? I don't believe there is anyone smarter than we are. I think they're really. I've seen it now. We've had no. I'm saying, but what is what it, what it, There's no world where it's like, hey, you know, we were really interested to release that trailer. No, right? We would be like, Look, we're trying to get a little something cranking. No. Then one, no, we know what. We know what happened when Billy Walsh released that trailer. It made everything better for him. But you know, I I don't everyone so they know we've had the head of caa william morris 
We've had giant producers involved with this show, and I don't mean creatively, but involved with that they love it and want to help get it to the right place. And it's still been tricky. So there's no one I look out to, and it's something I've always said to people in the, you know, try to get into this industry. You know, you have to always stick with your gut and do what you think is right. Now, again, that's not doesn't mean that I should go release the trailer on my own because I'm not the financier. And I always, when I was at HBO, no matter how difficult things might have been, I respect the money enormously because I know what that risk is. And I know, you know, like I've put my heart and time into it, but that's not putting, um, you know, yeah, a million bucks. It's not, it's not, it's not nothing. And, and, you know, and people always say, well, it's nothing to that. And I'm like, well, that's not true. Million dollars is a lot of money. And it's certainly a lot of money to people that have a lot of money. It's not something that you just throw out there and you make light of. It's a lot of money. So that that's what and I also kind of bothered but, but but I also think they're the ones that ultimately get to make the final decision. Now again, creatively, just like at HBO, at some point, if the if the money says I don't like this or I don't like that, and you can't deal with it, which is what happened by the way on, on Bad Santa too. Like I walked off of that movie. I I had a go movie, you know, which was greenlit off my script. But after three weeks of them bringing in comedy writers to change my script i said fuck this i'm out of there now i wasn't angry about it i just said i'm not doing it this way if you want to do it this way then you do it that way and fortunately on ramble on like entourage by the way like kissing a fool in fat beach the money people really let me kind of have a lot of creative control and fortunately it worked out for everybody in this case you know well we'll see We'll see because, you know, we're a lot of people. Trust me, with a lot of money. Trust me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the money does not come. It, though. Does not it's come more from it's China. It's not coming from China. But anyway, last thing before we go. Um, I, think it's, I think it's hilarious and I can't wait to, to dig in. I, I've been, I saw something. I've been reading pieces because I told you I do this thing. I'm, I, uh, my the service at my house is so bad that I can never really dig into stuff till I get down the hill to sunset. So I got the sun. Like, what is going on? So I'm just been tracking this in real time. This is interesting for me. So as soon as we're done here, I'm going to dig into comments, read the article, and uh, I think we should try to get that guy on the pod. Well, I think his I think his name is Max Davison. So uh, I believe that's him. Get him to Zoom in. It'll be fun. It'll be fun. You know, he might tell us, I actually hate all treasure, but, you know, I wanted to write something funny. But anyway, he's like, by the way, I thought it was funny, but I still believe all of those things. <laughs> exactly. Writing it out of satire. You're right. right. This homophobic, misogynistic, you misogynistic. I did. He is a good writer. It was funny. And um, unlike the New York John Cole, but was not. Like you said, <laughs> my bad. All right. They did. I'm right by that. Okay. I, I jumped at the headline and didn't read the article. I'm very oh, wait, just so this will be our closing thought. But just so you know, it's not the first time I've done it. It's not no, it's not it's not that Connolly hasn't done it also because I got at least three people last night tweeting me. This is why you blocked me on Instagram, because you got a quick trigger. Yes, I have a quick trigger. Yes, I do. At the same time. At the same time. Not that I'm growing anything big, because it just isn't, you know, it's it is what it is. I'm a content guy. And I enjoy it. And I'm actually happy that it went this way rather than I ended up in some, you know, hack argument with someone who's going, you know, Entourage is good. I'm glad I made the mistake. 
I'm glad I was high. <laughs> and I think it's funny, you know? Well, Doug, and you know, truthfully, like that's what Ramble On is. Ramble On is your stream of consciousness. <laughs> this is it really for is. you. We were never doing this podcast. Say, I'm sitting in Scotty's office on the Zoom. Doug's at Palm Springs. And I'm like, I'm like, how's Doug doing it? Is he talking to himself? Scotty's like, he's talking to himself. I was like, why don't I go in and sit in? And like, you need to say, like, you know, I don't really feel like he's in therapy, you know? I know Avery does his own thing, but I call it. If Avery was here, bro, he would have loved to be sitting in my chair right now, you know? That would have been weird. But I mean, Avery does his alone, but I started doing this alone. I'm like, I, I'm a, I like to bounce off. But at the same time, Ari was stream of consciousness writing for me. More than any other character on the show by so much. And it doesn't mean I think like that or those are my, my thoughts. It just, I understood that character so well. And it was a chance to, to vent and rant and things that I like. Monologues that were very rarely on television, especially in half hour comedy. You know, so that's why you I, love those therapy scenes so much. Oh, totally. Now, those were a little more my life, realistic. Well, that's what I'm saying. It wasn't really yeah. of consciousness. That was actually right here. <laughs> yeah, those were actually based you know, on the notes of your therapy, based yeah. on notes of your therapy sessions, you know, but I've never actually like sat and like ranted on a two minute, you know, uh, rant at one of my employees in a nasty way to try to make them feel like shit. And, you know, just defending Ari for the last time. We all know he had a big mouth, but at the end of the day, which someone tweeted to me last night, which we've talked about, but why was he cheating on his wife in the in the, in the pilot? And then we realized, because we didn't know who the fuck the character was, because I was writing a show off the top of my head, having no idea how to actually create a show in the way someone like David Simon could do it. And I was learning as I went along, and what I learned as I went along which already was similar to me, even though I've been divorced. I understand those are failings, but I've always been, sorry, uh, virtue signaler, but I've always been uh, a loyal person, which is why I am still extremely close with my ex-wife and every single one of my friends who I grew up with. So um, those are the, the values. And words were less to me because busting on people was always the thing and finding their weaknesses which maybe is the wrong way to go about it and it won't be society going forward but that's what new yorkers have always done that's what the aussies do which is why they like us and the brits do especially from working class communities they fuck with each other by fighting their weaknesses and hitting them but at the end of the day they know they can always count on each other and that's what me you and kevin do on the podcast every week and when jerry joins us same thing when adrian but you should have heard me fast on is a manual by the way you should have heard me and dylan and jerry going at each other on the uh at on the golf course at the bahamas i would have loved it dylan, that's, that's what friendship's fire. about that's what french is about so anyway don't tweet while you're high i still don't regret it but you know i i would prefer to be of my sound mind when i write things that will go out to, and be put in the Hollywood Reporter, which someone tweeted me back what I did write about the Hollywood Reporter 15 years ago, which is like something like they're like the loser in high school who just wants to, you know, make, you know, make good with the popular kids. I forget exactly what the line was, but, you know, I'd hit the Hollywood Reporter a bunch of times that they probably, you know, want to call me goofy and stupid. And uh, I have done some stupid things in my life. This one wasn't really that stupid. So, um, itchy trigger finger. Yeah, a bit at that, and and Kali, let's try not to block anybody till we're a hundred percent sure they really ate our guts. I read the I read the article first, bro. All right, ramble on.